0: Hey, everybody, this is Tyson and Logan, and you're listening to Dad Bods and Beards podcast. It's a show that gives you a fresh look on being a father, a husband, and honestly, a man being in today's world. For people who want
1: to have a good time, laugh and be uplifted. Thanks for subscribing and listening. Now for the show.
0: What up, everyone? Uh, Welcome to Dad Bods and Beards today. It's Logan and I, but we have a special guest, uh, Dr. Wyatt West. Um, He's actually my uh, physician. Um, I go to him for everything. Um, Not only does he take care of me, but he takes care of a lot of people. And the things that he is very good at is preventative care, medical weight loss, depression, anxiety, diabetes, and uh, things of that nature. And so uh, why don't you introduce yourself, Dr. West, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, well, it's good to be here with you guys. Um, so
2: I'm a board certified family doctor. I'm also a board certified obesity medicine doctor. Um,
0: That's why I go see him all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was waiting. I was waiting for that. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like one of those, uh, you know, the psychiatrist that went into psychiatry because he's just a little crazy. So. <laughs> I you know I went into obesity medicine cuz I have a special interest in it because I struggle with it myself so okay um, but uh, yeah I've been uh I've been in practice for uh, about 10 years out of residency um I've practiced in a couple locations but uh, all of them in northern Utah um when I started out my practice I was up in a little com- uh, community called Morgan um i was the only doctor practicing in the county um so that was like a cool education and saw a lot of cool stuff and uh had interesting and unique experiences and then i moved to more of a, a suburban area and and that's where i met tyson and and the rest is history really
0: <laughs> no, so, <laughs> lots of so weird uh, medical history yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's why it's so weird to call you that but um he is like the first doctor I've ever experienced where it's like, um he would just talk to you like you were his mm-hmm. friend and like he, you could actually confide in him. Like y- you could actually tell him, Hey, this is my problems. Either the problems I'm really having. Can you help me? And he'll look at you and like, no, nothing can help with that. <laughs> but uh... that sounds <laughs> but like, no,
1: that's a yeah, no. story. So I had, am sorry. I had a family doctor growing up in Sacramento where I grew up. His name was Rahat Saeed, literally this from birth until 18. He was a pediatric's doctor, and when I was 18, getting ready to phase out of his office, and I sit down, you know, check up after a couple, you know, I'd been to him for a little while, and he just goes, "Logan, you're getting fat." (laughs) I'm like, "Thanks, doc. Good to see you too." Like it's like he's he's known me my whole life, and he just like gives it to you straight. Like, (laughs)
0: let's not sugarcoat that.
1: No, no. So what we wanted to do, the reason we have have Doctor West on is because we're starting a new periodic episode that we're going to sprinkle in a couple times a month called Ask an Expert, where we're going to bring on a different expert in different fields, which Dr. West, you're you're an expert probably in quite a few fields. So we'll probably have you on a couple times if you've got time. But we've got some ideas of talking to a finance guy, talking to marriage family you know counselors or therapists. And then I even have a, a couple of friends that I think would be good to have on the show. So you're kind of helping us kick off the very first Ask an Expert episode. And Tyson thought you'd be the great one to kick it off, and so I'm kind of excited. We've got a list of different questions and topics that we want to talk to you about, and
2: we'll see where it goes. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, hopefully I don't set the bar too high, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so, you yeah. will. You will.
0: I, I like. You're very. The next guy's like an expert in gummy I worms. <laughs> Speaking of goings, I'm eating my collagen. Yeah, dude.
1: Yeah. Okay. There's the first question. Can you overdose on collagen? Because like every episode, Tyson is just.
0: Eating collagen gummies. <laughs> not, well, not that I know of. There's no. There... <laughs> Legitimately, so right now, I go. You know, you know this because we talk. Um, I I've done the seventy five hard. I'm working out on a daily basis, and i um, absolutely loved it. I think overall, I've almost lost forty pounds awesome. since uh, the beginning. And uh, with that, though, um, Porter, my my fifteen year old, yeah, he's fifteen, has started working out with me. And uh, it's a lot of fun, but he is so into bro science. He is all about, I'm going to, uh you know, I need to take uh bucked up and I need to take all this supplements and this supplements. And the more I look into it, it's just like, there's some good stuff to, to like in it, but as well as there's so much caffeine. And oh, so I know uh, for me after a certain amount, I don't like how I feel with caffeine. So oh. With the youth as well as adults, what's like the normal caffeine range that's not going to hurt them as well as, uh, you know, maybe sold too much. You probably shouldn't do that.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. It probably a lot of that depends on their body weight and and uh, other stuff. You know, if they're if they're kind of a hundred pound lightweight, it'll be different than if they weigh to 250 pounds, even at the same age. Okay, but um. I think the generally acceptable range is up to about 400 milligrams a day higher than that. And, and, uh, I think there can be some toxicities, a a lot of caffeine, you know, people get used to it, they get tolerant. And so, um, if they're used to drinking four monsters a day, then they're going to do better than if they, you know, only drink caffeine occasionally, but, but, um, we don't totally know all the effects of caffeine on a developing brain. And so, um, so uh, trying not to overdo it is probably safer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there are a few case reports. Um, there was, I'm trying to think of the details. It was, a, there was like a 15, 14 or 15 year old kid in Chicago a couple of years ago that had drank, a couple you know some coffee and a couple um energy drinks and had an arrhythmia and died from yeah, I heard that. that can happen it's real rare uh i mean with i think i saw some interesting thing that the number so so it detailed the most commonly consumed drinks mm-hmm. um, in america and it was like water of course milk and energy drink more i believe than, it oh more yeah than soda more than coffee more than tea more than gatorade I and mean, it was like the third and so there's a lot of caffeine consumption and uh, it, obviously there's not people dropping left and right so it, it's probably not horrific for you but it can cause problems um acid reflux uh uh I think probably the biggest issue is just a rebound fatigue after it wears off. Mm. So, so if but, you talk to anybody, Oh, I'm tired all the time. Well, how much caffeine do you intake? Well, they, they are taking in a lot. And interesting. And that's probably part of the reason.
0: You also so I drink like, probably, sorry. No, you go, you go. I, are you sure? Okay, I personally drink probably an energy drink a day. Um, I stopped or like I drink my gallon of water, no matter what I do that now. But I probably have an energy drink a day. Um, and it ranges between 120 to 200 grams of that. And then you know, like right now you can see I, I love Coke Zero. So the re- after I drink my gallon, and I start drinking that too. So, but is there, if chronic use, is there any, uh, you know, with me, I've, I've been drinking sodas and stuff like that for past 10, 20 years. I swear since 19, when I went to Guatemala and they didn't have water, they just had Coke. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything that's going to cause uh, chronic issues later because you've been using it so long?
2: Um, uh, not that I really know of, um, acid reflux would probably be the the biggest thing. Uh, caffeine, um, it relaxes the little sphincter that closes off the stomach from the esophagus. And so people who drink a lot of caffeine get more reflux. But
1: That's interesting because I've had like really bad acid reflux for as long as I can remember. My brother has it too. Like and constipation. Well, that's only because of my protein intake. <laughs> I, I I got some metamucil. We we're working it into the regular diet. Everything's flowing. We're great. <laughs> so, well, not well. It was flowing for a minute. Now we back there. But so I I mean it was like waking me up in the middle of the night thinking I've had a heart attack like that. But I mean I was also pounding like two of the like i um, the big cans of Red Bull in a day. Like not the little shorty ones, not the mid size. I think they were like what are they like twenty four ounce cans something big. I have no and idea. And since we started 75, before 75 Hard, I actually cut out Red Bull because I watched some late night YouTube down the rabbit hole of like not just the caffeine, but like everything else that exists inside like the mainstream energy drinks. And I was a big soda drinker, but since we've been on 75 Hard, I gave up soda and I'd already given up energy drinks. And so I might have like a diet Dr. Pepper like a day, like a can, like with my dinner. And I, now that after you said that, like, I haven't, I can't like vividly remember the last time I had like super bad acid reflux because I haven't been taking in near as much caffeine in the last, oh, what two and a half, almost three months now, Tyson, that we've been doing this. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. I don't know if maybe that's correlated or I'm just, you know, like I'm, I'm a hypochondriac and I'm just like self-diagnosing, but
2: (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible, um, uh, it, it is a real thing.
1: Yeah. But I do take pre-workout and that is a whole nother beast. Yeah. <laughs> that, that like makes your body hot and everything itches, but <laughs> <laughs> you can lift a lot. So.
0: <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> Those are called rashes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh my gosh. I, I tell you the time I accidentally, like I was, I was like on the phone and I'm like making my pre-workout. Cause I do a scoop of pre-workout, a scoop of, of, creatine and then a scoop of like now i do a scoop of like i throw some metamucil in there (laughs) shake it all up (laughs) i wasn't paying attention and i threw two scoops of the pre-workout in there so we're talking like 600 milligrams of caffeine and i didn't pay attention i drank it i'm like wow that was really strong and then it dawned on me and i was at the gym and i could like see sound and i was like (laughs) throwing weights across the room like it was an amazing workout but i didn't sleep for like
0: (laughs) three hours after you ran a marathon
1: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, that bucked up stuff, it can, it can really get you. But...
0: All right. So, um, you know, with me being, uh, cool. an owner of a beard company, um, I'm all about like biotin. I'm with supplements like collagen, omega, things like that. But are there certain things as, um, from child to adulthood, things that we should be taking on a regular basis because it's just not found in our food or things that we should be kind of more focused on just to main- maintain our, our health, uh, so to speak. Yeah,
2: you know, I think probably if for most people, if they get a good, well-rounded, healthy diet, they probably are getting most everything that they need. Um, uh, a couple things that you know, we we tend to not be outside as much as we once were, and then mm-hmm. when we are outside, everybody wears sunscreen, which is a good thing for the most part. But uh, vitamin D, vitamin D tends to uh, we can be deficient, even from an infant, a uh, breastfed infant can get deficient in vitamin D. So if you're going to supplement with something that might be something you might consider, um, a good, so re- well, high vitamin. So can sunscreen block like the
1: intake of vitamin D from the sun? I, I
2: assume so. I assume, it, you know, less of, less of the, the ultraviolet light that, sure that, uh, tra- that turns vitamin, you know, that, um, activates vitamin D in the skin. Uh, it probably gets through. So I, I imagine that's, that's true. I don't know. Yeah. I can't cite any studies on it. Sure. But, <laughs> Cause but, like yeah. I
1: work, I work outside and I'm, I'm like the definition of farmer's tan. And my wife is always like, like put on sunscreen, put on sunscreen. Like it was like, so I'm just asking so that I can go to my wife saying, Hey, Dr. West says I don't got to wear sunscreen. Cause then I, then I get all the vitamin D that I need. So. It's true, but I yeah. don't think she's going to accept it. She's-
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I heard one thing once. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of all the details exactly, but um, some, they were saying that if you w- went outside in a bathing suit, so you're exposing most of your body to the sun in about 30 minutes, you would make around 15,000 units of uh of vitamin D. I I wanna say that's the number. Interesting. Um don't quote me right. on it, but uh but anyway you can get a lot of sun in a short amir- amount of time. Um, you can also get a lot of skin cancer with too long of. Sure. that's. Uh, a- <laughs> so it's, it's a balance, you know, a lot of- of which, I have a mole that you need to check. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> it's on my butt. <laughs> uh, not a lot of sun exposure there. Usually. No. <laughs> but I don't judge.
1: <laughs> so what about like the one a day, like the one a day men's like supplement like vitamin supplement, things like that, are like, are those, are those more commercial or are they like, do they, are they actually like beneficial? Like I, I mean, I t- take one, but it's like, I don't ever feel like I notice a difference. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're fine. Um, yeah. You, if you get a little too much of something, usually you'll excrete it. And then, and, uh, if you're deficient in something, uh, like vitamin D, then even if it has a small amount of vitamin D in it, it won't be enough to replenish something you're deficient in. So, you, um, so you'd have to get blood tests to know that. Sure. But um, I, I actually, I actually tell a lot of men this e- as well. Uh, I think probably the best multivitamin is a prenatal vitamin. It has oh. pretty much everything you need in there um, for for men who are starting to get you know some
0: thinning on top of their head. Uh, also- don't judge, don't yeah. judge, Tyson. Tyson. <laughs> As my forehead is slowly moving up as we're talking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the first things I tell them to start using. And, and it's not like it, it, I mean, it's not a miracle thing, but it, um, but they will, their hair will thicken up. Their nails grow faster. Uh, That's interesting. So, so I I think it helps um, just kind of in my experience. I almost
1: got slapped last night because I was joking with my wife. Like I grabbed her. She, my wife still takes prenatals, even though we're not, we're not planning on having a kid and she has her women's one a days. And I joked that like, Oh, I almost took it. I think I actually took one of your prenatals and I was like, maybe that's why I was a little emotional today. And she was like,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: she's like, you're, you yeah, say, that say that on social media, I'll get canceled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's interesting. What? Okay. So there's another thing that it's uh, you and I spoke about this before, uh, when it was just me asking questions about things. And so When you are eating healthy or you're changing the way you think about eating and stuff like that, like I haven't had sugar, like candy bars, cookies, things like that, seriously, for four months now. It's nuts, and I don't crave it, but I do like my diet soda. I love Coke Zeros and stuff like that. And so I've heard, and I know lots of guys who are listening uh, have heard this as well, that if you drink diet soda, it still makes your stomach big. It still makes you crave sugar. It still makes you want all this kind of stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Does it, does it hurt your diet? Does it hurt your body? Um, if you're consuming diet soda on a daily basis?
2: Yeah. So good question. That's a question that there's a lot of people with a lot of strong opinions on. Yeah. Um, uh, and what is true is harder to, to tease out. Um, uh, there are a couple things that I've seen that are pretty credible. One is that, um, uh, when you give, uh, artificial sweeteners, I think they did it specifically on aspartame, this one study that I'm thinking of, um, they, uh, they tested people's insulin before and after, and about 10% of people had a, had a rise in their insulin after, um, after a sugar, you know, when a, a sugar substitute. Uh Uh, and so, and so probably for 10% of people, at least, um, there is some, you know, appetite or weight gain effect that they might get if they're in a diet soda. Um, just, I mean, just kind of in the news just recently, uh, the world health organization came out and said that aspartame is a possible carcinogen, um, and, and that's based on um, some a lot of research that's been done for a long time, actually, uh, where if you give um, lab rats high amounts of aspartame specifically, um, that they tend to uh, get uh, certain tumors. Um, I think there have been a couple implicated, some brain tumors, bladder tumors, and I want to say uh, either leukemia or lymphoma. Um, so... So most of that research is, is uh, well, they demonstrated those increased levels of, of uh, tumor or cancer developing in these rats after really like unreasonably high levels of exposure to aspartame. So, so, so we do know that aspartame will cross the uh, placenta. So, so they started feeding these, uh, pregnant rats, aspartame, um, and then, and then followed the offspring Mm -hmm. And, and they were feeding these rats, basically their entire lifespan about the equivalent amount that you would get if you were drinking 20 cans of soda a day, okay, really their entire life. And, and they had. A higher number of the test rats develop these tumors or cancers than um, than the control rats who are not getting the aspartame exposure, and so and so what we and so that's why the World Health Organization said it's a possible carcinogen. Mm-hmm. So 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 really, like um, no one consumes uh, uh, aspartame on that sort of a level. Uh, sure. and some except well, living. I mean, diet yeah.
1: coke in Utah for all these
2: moms, you don't, <laughs> maybe that's yeah. the form of
1: my kids. Their mother just,
2: just <laughs> diet coke. yeah, it's the intrauterine exposure. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, we do buy it by the flat
0: in this house, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he sprinkles on his oatmeal just aspartame. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I mean, it's,
2: it was pretty incredible amounts. Uh, Of exposure to these rats, and then and then um, the other interesting part about it is that they never showed an increased level of mortality with these rats. So so even though they developed more tumors, they didn't die earlier than rats who didn't develop the tumors. And so what we can say is that aspartame is possibly a carcinogen if rats drink uh, 20 cans of diet soda per day from the fetus on through their death and so anyway maybe that's where Take your
1: it skin for what tags it is
0: came for from it. tyson <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe, right, that, so maybe so that's it. your skin
1: tags or just too much yeah maybe- no,
0: I, I honestly think it's my fat my fat <laughs> crease of my neck and me yeah. twisting <laughs> it back and forth and it just rubs and it creates <laughs> an extra little skin
2: maybe maybe we'll cut some off you can chew on them if they're sweet then we know
0: <laughs> oh, <Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just me a, a well, weird yeah, uh, we're,
1: we're friends, but we're not that good of friends. I'm not going <laughs> to chew on your skin tags. Sprinkle that well, on the oatmeal, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> what's
0: it's, the Just got a,
1: a hint of skin
0: tags. Yeah, and it's delicious. So, the next question I have is um, with sleep. So, what, me personally. What's that? What's,
1: yeah, exactly. What's that?
0: What was that? Sleep. Yeah. That so, years. yeah, with me personally, I'm getting between, I would say, at the most, three to five hours a day. Um, that's just what I get, just Same. because work full time, and then I come and do Copper John's the rest of the night, and you know, I have to spend time with the family, and uh, then Candace, I would say, my wife, she gets less than that, and uh, so, where, what point does? Because everyone says, oh, I can live off, you know, three hours of sleep. I can live off six hours of sleep. Well, I have to have 10 hours of sleep. Everyone is different. Is that true? Or do we all need something that's like, hey, you need at least this many hours or you're not going to be able to function? Or, am I a space cadet just because I don't get a lot of sleep? Or is it because my mind is just being pulled too many directions? That really is always on my mind. So what is too much? Is there such thing as too much sleep? Is there too little sleep? Like what's tell me a little about sleep, man. <laughs> okay. Well, levels of sleep on
2: you, that you're getting, psychosis, that induced psychosis. This explains a lot now. <laughs> <laughs> we know what's going on here. So
0: Logan is not a real person.
2: <laughs> I'm just a figment of your
0: imagination.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine me a little skinnier next time, please? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. No, um, so, so most people don't get enough sleep. Uh, I would, I, I mean, most people I talk to myself included, um, probably most people need somewhere between six and nine hours of sleep. Um, probably average is like seven ish. Okay. Uh, as far as adults, um, uh, I guess, you know, sleep needs change through your life. Um, obviously, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, chron- being chronically sleep deprived is not good um uh, am i
0: chronically sleep deprived
2: or am i just yeah i think i think you are (laughs) Uh, i'd say no for a fact i've only been doing it for
0: like three years
2: yeah that's it huh
0: (laughs) but i I tell you what if you say hey tyson you're good to sleep i would fall asleep in like three seconds okay yeah Yeah. just go ahead take a nap i'll start blabbering
2: (laughs) literally
1: what happened on our drive down to vegas like you're like sitting there i'm like dude i'm driving I am pulling the trailer, you're fine, go to sleep. And you're like, Oh, are you are you sh- <sighs> <What a sacred>. <laughs> gone? <laughs> dead, dead to the world. And then he wakes
0: up like mid-conversation, like, whoa,
1: I fell asleep? you like, Yeah, just go back to sleep, close your big heavy eyes.
0: <laughs> really, we it's were in okay mid-conversation and I fell asleep. I'm like, did I say so? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, good sleep lowers inflammation in the body, cortisol levels drop, you know. It, been talking about um, uh, losing weight and stuff. Uh, If you are chronically sleep deprived, that's a lot harder to do. I, one of the most challenging set of people that I have to try and help them lose weight are people who work night shifts. Um, Even if they're used to it, even if they say, oh, I've done this since I was 18 and I'm in my forties and this is the way I live. uh, They just, they have a harder time it, um, we have this natural, we have these hormones that, that, uh, ebb and flow based on the time of day and, and, and you're supposed to be asleep at night. And, uh, and so, and so you can do a lot of good stuff for your body. And if you're, I, I think there's four or five elements of just being generally healthy, um, having a good diet, exercising regularly, um, good stress control and adequate sleep, Um, maybe one or two other things dealing with, you know, familial type stuff, like, Mm -hmm. like our families, but, you know, like genetic, you know, diseases and things that people have. Anyway, there there are four or five things that uh, probably are the pillars of good health and longevity and stuff. And sleep is one of them. And, and it's one that a lot of us um, don't get enough of now, now you, you said at the beginning, are there some people who need more and less? Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, and, but I, I think you can be conditioned too, you know, so I used to actually be a big sleeper. I, when I was like 17, 18, if I didn't have something going on, I'd go to bed at nine o'clock at night and, and, uh, and wake up at six or whatever. And, and, uh, and then I went into medical school and residency and, and didn't sleep for days at a time, you know? And, uh, and after that, I, I'm a lot worse of a sleeper than I used to be. I get less sleep and I function. Okay. I think, you know, but I always feel tired.
0: Um, can you change that? Like, can I catch up? So let's say eventually, uh, copper John's explodes. Um, I get employees and all this, can I catch up or is that not a thing?
2: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You can catch up now. So a lot of people will say, well, I catch up on a weekend. Um, I, I don't think that really works, uh, personally, okay. you know, you can get some a neck, sleep in on a Saturday and get a Sunday nap and feel better for a couple of days, but I don't think it reverses the damage that poor sleep does. Um, but, uh, but anyway, that being said that that's, you know, that's kind of what's so, my opinion.
1: Can it be like habitual, like you were saying, was kind of like building up like a, almost like a a resilience to like lack of sleep because I had a time period in my life where, yeah, or like a tolerance, right? So I had a time period in my life where I was undiagnosed bipolar and I was on massive amounts of Adderall because my doctor at the time thought I was just ADHD. So it's like the Adderall and the bipolar was like a horrible cocktail and I was awake. Like I'd be awake for days. And then I kind of built this really bad habit of being a poor sleeper during that time because in high same thing in high school I played four I played sports, I was a football player all that stuff and so I slept really hard when I did go to sleep, but it was kind of during that like early twenties that I developed this really bad relationship with sleep to where now I don't like I said like I'll have the opportunity to go to bed earlier but sometimes I just don't like I'm just up like it's like habitual that I you know, Oh, as long as I get about four hours, I'm okay.
2: Yeah, no, uh, you're, you're, you're totally right. So sleep is physiologic, but it's also behavioral, sure. you know? And so, and so we we'll, we can train ourselves to get by on less sleep. Um, and we function okay, but it's not healthy. It's just, we're functioning fine. Um, if you try to change a sleep habit. So a lot of people will be like, okay, I, I, I went to bed at the same time and I got up at the same time for like three days and it didn't change my insomnia. (laughs) Well, it's more like two, three, four months of consistency. It's very behavioral, uh, sleep. Uh, so we, we talk a lot about when we see somebody in the office for poor sleep and insomnia, we'll talk a lot about sleep hygiene. So, so there are a couple aspects of sleep hygiene, um, Uh, is what we call it sleep hygiene just good sleep habits so going to bed at the same time waking up at the same time that's part of good sleep hygiene trying to avoid frequent naps Um, for some people i think naps are good for other people um, it kind of ruins their sleep that the next night trying to avoid uh, things that are distracting and keep you awake so some people say oh i can't sleep without the tv on well you've trained yourself that way Uh, it's so much It's so much better just to have a dark. I mean, you know, our caveman ancestors—they didn't have TVs on at night. You know, it was... they didn't
1: bring their own box fan to Vegas. Yeah. Just put put in their hotel room. For
0: their uh, <laughs> I have to have a box fan. I do. <laughs> I, I, if, if I hear anyone breathing or myself breathe, it'll wake me right up. Just, yeah, just
1: just get this mental picture of Tyson standing in the hotel lobby checking in, and he has a box you with know a box it. fan in it under his arm. Yeah, Like you're the only man that's big enough to hold a whole entire box fan under your arm, like a book.
0: <laughs> I'm not embarrassed of it either. Like I know I, you're I, just I cannot picking... sleep without a box fan. You yeah. literally
1: bought a brand new one just to bring with us. It's just like,
2: <laughs> that reminds <laughs> me, me. That, that reminds me of a funny story. So I went on a, like a, a trip with some friends, uh, back in medical school and, uh, one of the guys shows up and he's like, I know it's weird, but I can't sleep unless I wrap a towel around my head. And that is so, <laughs> <laughs> he literally took one of the towels out of the bathroom and wrapped it around his head. His eyes, like his nose, up, and he couldn't sleep unless he wrapped a towel around his head. So that's funny. So that's try that. My out sister does that. Down. I don't know. Maybe it works. Maybe.
1: <laughs> my oldest, my oldest sister has had this blank. She, mind you, she's she's what? Well, she's your age, Tyson. She's like forty three. <clears throat> she has had, had. You're not that old, buddy. You're okay. <laughs> So she's like, so she's she's like I said oldest, I said oldest, not my old sister, but no, she has this, she has a blanket that she's had since she was really young and she has to cover her eyes with it. I, I don't know if she still has it, but the last time I, you know, it got brought up just a couple years ago, she's like, Oh yeah, I still use my blanket. And like with me, I have like a death grip pillow. Like I hug this pillow till it can't breathe every single night when I sleep for as long as I can remember. And my wife hates it. She's like, can you get rid of the that? And I was like, no, I beat it into submission to the point where I like it. And it's like, don't touch it. It's mine.
2: <laughs> yeah. So there's all these habit things we do as long as it's not distracting, you know, if it's your death grip pillow or the towel around the head or whatever, it's probably fine. Your box fan is fine. Um, Uh, But things that, you know, radio, TV, they distract you. They kind of wake you up a little bit partially, you know, when things are going on, you'll sleep more poorly. Um, uh, uh, Bright lights, you know, there's a lot about bright lights, the before bed, you know, in the past, our caveman ancestors, it got dark at night and there weren't artificial lights that I think ruins a lot of people's sleep. Um, so avoiding bright lights and screens and things for half an hour before bed. So like
1: angry birds before the bed, angry is, birds. <laughs> like sitting there in the dark playing angry birds. Like, I don't know who does that, but <laughs> I don't know what you're talking
2: about.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One of the other big things we see is, uh, you know, we all sit in bed and have our tablet or our phone and, yeah. you know, play angry birds or watch movies or whatever. Um, or, you know, back in, you know, 50 years ago, they'd sit and read the magazine in bed or whatever. And, uh, and the problem with that is we train our bodies that when we're in, we train our brains, I should say that when we're in bed, we're not just sleeping. And so doing other, you know, like reading or whatever outside of your bed, but when you get into bed, you're just, you're going to sleep and, and doing consistently will help your brain know, okay, I'm in bed, it's time to sleep. It's not time to read, it's not time
0: to watch HBO or whatever, it's time to go to sleep. You know what I've noticed? And this is serious. So I like to play Toon Blast. It's stupid. Um, and I, I just really enjoy it. I'll do that until I usually fall asleep. And so now if I ever play Toon Blast, let's say I'm at church or something. And I don't know. I'm I'm listening. But I'm playing Tune Blast. I'll start to fall asleep.
2: <laughs> it's like I think bell. i
0: trained my brain that it makes me fall asleep.
2: It's like the bell in the and tree. And so I can't right? <laughs> play it. Yeah. What? The same thing like in college with PowerPoints, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the professor dimmed the lights. PowerPoint on. I'm out. That's funny. <laughs> so I was gonna ask, what is what is there? So
1: is there like a science behind like super light sleeping? Because like there's there's somebody that I've been talking to that was saying that they they like are very anxious in their sleep that they like wake up scared like suddenly a lot in the night. If that may like um, it, 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 they said there was yeah. a name for it. I can't remember what it was called, but it was kind of like just like jerks awake, and like oh, what was that? Did you hear that?
2: Like. So I can't remember what it's called really light sleepers versus really heavy sleepers. Yeah. Yeah. I am I, it's a thing. Um, uh, uh, I, I notice like the thing that I deal with mostly with that kind of stuff is, um, uh, you know, like kids who are really, really heavy sleepers will have more bedwetting problems. Logan, uh, that's
0: Logan. I mean, <laughs> 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 he'll text me at night. Oh. like, it happened again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this time it was number two. He has
0: to he has to wear adult diapers. I forgot to tell you. So, memory
1: memory uh, foam beds are not a good idea if you're
0: a wire. Just, uh,
2: It's it's funny though. But like every every basically every year, I get a couple parents bringing their twelve year old in or whatever, saying, "Hey, they've got to go to scout camp or they're going to," you know some football camp or something and they still wet the bed and they're scared to go because they get that they wet the bed and and uh, there are treatments for that you know it's just because they're super deep sleepers and they don't wake up um as far as lights probably just translates a lot to insomnia that's Hmm. how my boy is
1: he's he's five and he is still he keeps asking us like like oh why do i have to wear diapers to bed still like because he's you know he's like i'm a big boy now it's like because buddy you don't you don't wake up when you got to go pee like you know it's like we're not we can only have so many mattress pads or mattress covers or <laughs> waterproof this like you know and tell you oh how come i can't just wear pull-ups i'm like because you're not even waking up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night bud so there's the one,
2: one is uh you may you know you restrict water after a certain time at night you make them pee a couple times before they go to bed and then we did this with our kids when we were potty training and we'd wake them up at like when we were going to bed around yeah like 11 or eleven thirty. 30 wake them up and they're like half asleep and make him pee and then put him back. And often that's back. a good idea.
1: My wife has been having us do that. So she, that my kids have loft beds. So they have like the play area underneath their bed and then they have a I'm little ladder. Head. So I've been, we, we try to like wake him up and have him climb himself down the ladder and then walk down the hall. But he, He's like bumbling and just like bumping into stuff. To <laughs> say, he
0: has a broken arm. <laughs> yeah. He fell off the ladder and then peed on the floor. Like, like <laughs> So, guys, so there's people that will take uh, sleeping medication. Uh, you know, like I can't even think of some of the sleeping medications out there, but there's what's that really popular one that everyone always talks about? Right, Melatonin. Yeah, that's the one you're thinking of. No, what like was that? Yeah. So like- like Ambien or Ambien. You know, that's it. Like that. So I've heard that if they take Ambien stuff that really doesn't help you. It, it puts you to sleep, but it doesn't really help you get the the sleep that you need. Is that true?
2: Yeah. It kind of, it kind of messes up the, so there are different. You've you, you, everybody's heard of REM sleep, right? Uh huh. You no, know, but there, there are different uh, phases of sleep that if you do like a sleep study, they'll, they'll put, it's like almost like an EKG, the on your head and they'll, they can map your brain waves. And there are different phases of sleep. And we need to transition through those phases in a pattern in order to get good restful sleep. And uh, that's probably why a lot of people who are light sleepers don't um, feel very rested. It's like people who don't feel rested often have sleep apnea because every time they go into the deeper levels of sleep, they're, they're going apneic. So their brain wakes them up just enough into those lighter levels of sleep so that they'll open up and breathe. And, oh. and, uh, and so you have to go through those phases of sleep to really feel rested and those medications don't allow that. And so, so people don't feel rested and then they have like weird, they call them parasomnias where they'll get up and they'll go eat a, a bucket of ice cream in the middle of the night. And, and, uh, and drive a car and get in accidents and Holy weird. Cow. Stuff like yeah. There's weird stories uh, that you hear once in a while from people. Um, that kind of the crazy stuff is rare, you know, but you know, people will walk down the street in their underwear in the middle of the night, you know, and they have no idea. I, mean, what I,
1: I wish I could say that me eating a bucket of ice cream middle of the night was totally because of a medication. But. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, same thing, walking down the street, my underwear, all that same stuff. Like <laughs> that was just on
0: accident. <laughs> no. So my oldest, That's interesting. He, don't, he won't care because I've, I've said this before, but uh, he was, uh, he was sleepwalking. I didn't even think it was a real thing, but he was sleepwalking and he had a pee. So he went to my daughter's room and just started peeing and it, went, it was on her face as she was sleeping and she woke up <laughs> screaming and he had no idea what he was doing. And, and uh, We'll never let that down, but holy cow, that was hilarious. It was sad, it was it was like, what are you doing at first? And now it's just hilarious.
1: Did you have asparagus? What is going on? (laughs) No, and it was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Like she was drenched. I'm just waiting for you to text me and be like after this episode, and like Candace is so mad that
0: I said that on the (laughs) (laughs) podcast. Oh, that's good. You were talking about so you were talking about how there's things that we can take care of, and then there's things that part of genetics and and um that we have to maybe take care of medically or go to therapy or something like that. When I'm talking is kind of like depression and anxiety and things like that. And uh, I've told everyone before, and, I'm, and I've told you, I've been going to therapy, and it really does help me. It helps me kind of find they ask the right questions. It helps me understand what's why I'm feeling this way and. You know, and I've got this anxious and this this type of um, because of how busy I am and what I have to get accomplished, and I always feel like the pressure is on sleeping. me. Sorry, not sleeping, not sleeping. Yeah. yeah, and so, but with my family and all that kind of stuff, there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. And um, when is it time for someone to actually say, "Okay, it's time." um like they might say therapy is not for them but it's time for them to take care of it when is that time when is that time to say hey i need to go see dr wyatt west and i need some medication or i need to figure out what's going on in my life because i am miserable i don't know what's going on and i hate it because i did that once before if you remember and come to find out i had low testosterone it was just just testosterone and that was a problem and now Um, you have sensitive nipples (laughs) You miss it. So, remember how you just prescribed testosterone to me, right? Yeah. So, I we I don't know what was going on, but I went when we went to Vegas, I'm like, Logan, my nipples are so tender right now. That and and he's like, and so Logan kept touching and poking and and pinching. Him. I'm like, stop it!
1: I <laughs> mean, you're basically asking for it. Like, now it's become a whole thing. Like, I made a TikTok out of it. Like, we're... <laughs>
0: no but but uh, no, that's a but great, is a great question was up but no but, <laughs> no but when is it time for someone to come in and say i need help
2: yeah that's a good question so sometimes your therapist will tell you you know um they'll say you know we've do, we're doing all this stuff and and uh it's just not working um like like most everything um uh it's kind of like uh when should i go take care of my knee pain When is my acne? Yeah. When do I need a medicine for acne? When do I, you know, there's, there's so many things in our life that when we can't cope with them anymore, when the things that we're doing are not working or when they're seriously impacting our function, then, then it's time. Right. So Mm -hmm. I would say kind of a blanket statement. If you're having serious suicidal thoughts, you probably need uh, to be talking to, you know, some sort of medical practitioner whether it's your family doctor, whether it's a um, pediatrician, whether it's a psychiatrist. Um, I think that's, that's a pretty clear cut thing. Cause, uh, you know, obviously people who commit suicide or try to commit suicide, um, you know, that has huge repercussions. Um, I think if it's affecting your job, if you're missing days at work, at work, because you can't get out of bed, um, If it's affecting your relationships with your family, you're always always irritable. um, uh, People don't want to be around you. Um, I think think all of those things uh, would would really warrant a serious consideration to to at least think about a medication. You know, the medications aren't perfect. They have a lot of side effects. Um, They don't work for everybody. Um, uh, But... Uh, off. So I think uh, I want to say statistically, a placebo, anything will work about 30% of the time. Therapy works about 40% of the time. A medicine works about 50% of the time. But often a combination of medication and therapy is your best bet um, at uh, getting your mental illness into a remission state where you you know, it's not impacting you anymore. Um, uh, these things wax and wane through our lives. And so at different times they're worse at different times, they're better. Um, one of the, one of the big things I see people do kind of the big pitfalls is, is they will start on a medication and two or three months later they feel better, but they're not, it's because of the medicine. It's not because they're better. And so then they stop it and they spiral again. And, um, and so giving it enough time, if you do get on a medicine, I think six months is probably the minimum for most people, but for a lot of people, one to two years, for some people forever, um, it's really, it's really individual. Uh, but, uh, but that, yeah, that's what I would say. If it's really significantly impacting the important parts of your life, if you're having any sort of suicidal or homicidal thoughts that, you know, that are and, and, and serious at all. Um, all of those things would be, you know, you need to seek help.
0: Uh, so with most medications and, um, like we we're talking about caffeine and stuff, you can build a tolerance to it. And so, uh, with, with, uh, like depression medication, anxiety medication, can you build a tolerance to that where you, or you have to, your body gets used to some, so you have to go back and take something else. Does that happen?
2: Yeah. Um, so it depends on the type for sure. Uh, so uh, certain anxiety medicines that are called benzodiazepines. So like Xanax, uh, Ativan, Valium, those are some common ones. Um, those medications you certainly can build tolerance to um, and dependence on. Um, the other ones, uh, so things like we call them SSRIs or SNRIs, like Prozac, Zoloft, Paxil, um, Cymbalta, stuff like that. I don't know that you technically develop a tolerance, um, uh, or even a dependence. I, it's, it's, I think it's different. Um, but I do think sometimes something will have worked for a couple years, even a couple decades, and then kind of stop. And, and I've seen that often enough. I don't know why that happens. I don't know that anybody knows, but probably somebody knows. It's just not me. But uh, uh, certainly uh, on occasion, we have to switch somebody from one to a different one. Mm -hmm. uh, Often what I see is somebody will be like, boy, I just feel terrible. I've taken my 30 milligrams of Cymbalta for 15 years. It's been just fine all this time, but I just don't feel good. And, And we'll switch to one and then we'll switch to a different one and then three or four months later, we find out nothing's working. We're like, let's just go back to the original Cymbalta. And all of a sudden it works again. I, I, I can't explain why that happens, but I've seen it often enough that I know it does. And it's a real thing.
1: Well, it's one thing that one thing that I found in like my battle, like, we, we keep saying that we're going to have like a, a whole episode on like mental health. Cause it's so prevalent with men. Right. Sure. And we, we should probably have you back for that one just to get like the expert side of it with my whole journey of like, realizing there was an issue and then seeking help for like my bipolar and just the long road to get me to where I'm stable and feel good and progressing and stuff like that is one thing that I realized is just how insanely capable of amazing, amazingly positive and negative things that the human brain is capable of. Like the the things that my brain was able to project that I was experiencing as real situations, but were only real to me, like just with like the mania and the crazy depression and like hallucinating and, and things like that. And then one, one thing that I've, I heard a long time ago on a podcast I used to listen to all the time was mental health is not your fault, but it is your responsibility because the only person who can help you the most in that situation is yourself because you can only intervention somebody so many times, but if they're not willing to work on themselves or work on the issue themselves like you're you're kicking against the bricks like you're so for me it was looking at the statistics of of, of Kate okay, 95% of marriages with a bipolar spouse end in divorce children of a bipolar father have these types of traumas in their life so for me it was determined of like I am not going to be on that side of the percentage I want to be on the other side so it's I've been through gosh, I don't know how many different medications and different treatments, whether they're, you know, some are, some are this approved, some are not that approved, some are insurance approved, some are not out, somewhere out of pocket. And finding that balance is a constant battle. Like you said, it waxes and wanes. Sometimes I'm great. And then sometimes like my wife almost could like predict a cycle when I wasn't doing good. So like my advice always is, is just, you gotta go like, like, Like you were saying, Dr. West, like if, if you, if you are cognitively aware that something is off, go talk to someone like it's that simple. Like it's not guys nowadays are trying to be tougher than we need to be. Like why, why suffer if you can, if you can get some help, like that's, that's my, that's kind of like my motto or mantra. I don't know what you want to call it, but my life has been astronomically better since taking care of myself because I'm able to take care of my family when I've taken care of myself.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, you, you said that it's amazing what our brains can do. And I mean, we experience our whole life and our whole world and everything through our brain. And, and if something's not working, it, it changes the whole way we experience, you know, mortality.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What, what see, yeah, what, I've had, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I've had people in my life where um, they've actually harmed themselves to the point where they were trying to kill themselves. And uh, you you talk uh, you talk to people and everything like that, and you realize that they're in so much pain mentally and emotionally that they would rather feel the physical pain and, and go through that than to suffer any longer. And so it's a real thing. Um, I've seen it firsthand. Um, I've felt depression. I, um, I've felt anxiety Um And panic attacks where you're just like what is this and you you actually personally you know helped me and and just told those are panic attacks Tyson (laughs) you know what I mean like you helped me because I didn't know what they were because it was like I I don't know what's going on I feel this and I don't know what caused it um so it, it is a serious issue and that's why I wanted to bring it up just because you know with all this stuff we're talking about men's health and all that it's just like there does come a point in time where it's going to mess up your marriage. It's going to mess up your life. It's going to mess up your work. And uh, just like me, that took me how long to go get knee replacement surgery? Yeah. <laughs> like it, literally my knee has been messed up forever. And he would put, he would put some medicine in it. We would do all this kind of stuff. And finally, like, Dude, it's just time. And, it's, well, it, it was years, multiple years. Well, I years. think a
1: lot of it is taboo when it comes to men, when it comes to mental health in general, then you throw in the whole men's aspect of it. Cause obviously we know that the majority of suicides are, you know, in, in the United States are, are men. Right. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was said to me when it was becoming very apparent to people in my life that like, Kay hey, Logan, something's wrong was someone said to me like, it's, it's Okay. For, and like, this is maybe just more layman's terms, whatever. He's like, it's okay for your brain to be sick. Like, you don't need to feel guilty about this. You don't need to feel less than. You don't need to feel weak. Like, like it's a chemical imbalance. Like, it's not your fault. I mean, whether that's brought on by trauma or whether it's brought on by situational or seasonal or, or whatever, or it's genetic, then like, there should be no guilt, no shame, no, you know, I mean, those are natural human emotions. We're going to feel it. But once I got over the, like what I stood to lose by staying in that same stagnant slash maybe like decreasing state of, of just a quality of life versus like, Hey, this is going to be a long, hard road, but like, I need to either, you know, do this or I'm going to lose everything I have, or it's just going to get worse. So that's, like I said, I kind of going back to what I was saying, like if anybody who's listening to this, like, if this is the, you know, the thing you need to hear, like call your doctor like it's, it's worth it. Whether it's your family doctor, call a psychiatrist, call a therapist, whoever, like the, the hardest step is that first phone call. And then, you know, however hard that road is, you're going to look back and just be like, man, I'm so glad I did that because who knows, you know, how worse
2: off I could have been without it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, I think some of the stigma, you know, brains have to do with behavior. Right. And so, we're supposed to be able to control our behavior, quote unquote. Right. And, and if you're, if your brain is sick, you know, all, you know, forever, that was your fault. Right. But, but nobody was like, hey, he's got pancreatic cancer. Uh, yeah. What a, what a failure,
1: you know? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Or like, oh, just suck it up.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's all in your head. Right. And, and so, our brain is an organ, just like our liver or our pancreas. It's, 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 it's just exceedingly more complicated. And so we don't understand it all, but it's, it's it, but the, I mean, sometimes, sometimes people will come in and talk to me and they'll be like, Hey, you know, they, they just, they feel like such a failure. And that's actually, that's actually part of depression, right? That's one of the symptoms of depression is you feel like you're a failure. And you've let your family down, you let yourself down, you've, you know, whatever. And, and guiltiness and all those things. Those, I mean, those are some of the classic symptoms and, uh, and, and, uh, um, anyway, I'll, I'll just, I'll just tell them, I'll say, Hey, look, you know, uh, or, or they well, they feel like they're a failure and then they feel like, um, you know, all is lost. I've got, you know, depression or whatever, And I'm like, Hey, this is, this is actually treatable. This is a treatable condition. There are a lot of diseases that are not treatable. I Mm. mean, we could be sitting down and saying, you know, you've got lupus and Mm -hmm. that, that, the treatment's harder and the side and the side effects of those medicines are worse. And so there are a lot of worse diagnoses. All right. Um, So, so that's kind of the positive spin on it is yeah, depression's terrible. Anxiety is terrible. Bipolar is terrible, but they are treatable. And Interesting. so, and there, and, and so it's what a blessing, right? There are a lot of worse things.
1: Yeah. I guess you have to look at it that way of like, you could be terminal, like exactly. you could have an, an inoperable, you know, yeah. and I'm, there, I'm, there might be people listening to this that have those situations which, you know, super sympathetic and, and feel terrible for, but like in this perspective of like, Yeah. Like if like as guys, we naturally want to find solutions like our, you know, our, our wife or a girlfriend or partner, whoever is like experiencing this, they're like, what, how do I fix it? I don't want to deal with these emotions anymore. Like why, why the same should be true of like, why suffer through that? If there is a way that you, even if it is a long road, like help, you know, get help find this solution. One of the biggest things that I ever did, that helped me a lot was cognitive behavioral therapy was like sitting down with a licensed cognitive behavioral therapist that helped me literally, I kind of call it like the, the, the Shrek theory, like peel back the layers of the onion and find out like, why is this a bad habit? Where did I create it? How can I break it? Like, how can I, you know, like peeling back all of those layers to find what part of Logan is, is broken here that needs to get fixed. And it's like, I still go back when I'm, you know, even to this day of like times that, Oh, that was a good exercise. Let me try that in this situation. And I was just telling Tyson earlier of something that happened today that really just sent me into this tailspin of frustration. And I just had to like kind of back off and get, get the emotions out. But my point in saying all this is guys internalize uh, stuff way too much. And we just try to like keep it bottled up. Don't show it, you know, don't, you know, I can fix it myself or just, you know, ignore it and it'll go away. Well, and fortunately it doesn't it gets worse so yeah i mean get the help that you need it's it's there like why not fix what
0: you can fix so let's be honest uh you you'll see how many patients do you usually see on average a day uh
2: in the 20s somewhere okay yeah and
0: so you see these 20 patients a day uh, do you ever judge them <laughs> no, I'm serious because a lot of guys are afraid of being judged. A lot of people are afraid, like, oh, you know, I'm gonna I know you judge me, but that's different. Um <laughs> no, but like a lot of people are afraid of being judged, so they don't want to come in and like, oh, you know, I'm I have uh you know, something whatever stupid. Oh, this is nothing, this is not a big deal. Like, you're not gonna judge them. Uh, and uh you're gonna care for them. You're you, that's you what you do, this is what you love. And of course, I don't know. I'm speaking for you, but you don't judge them.
2: Yeah, no, it, it's, um, I don't know. It's, uh, we're just here to help people. Right. Yeah. And so whatever, whatever the problem is, if I, if I can help you with it, you know, that was one of the things that I liked the most about family medicine. When I went into medical school, that was not my plan to be a family doctor. And, uh, uh, and, uh, when I was on my family medicine rotation, I was like, holy cow, I'm seeing all these different type of people and maybe I can't um maybe maybe I can't replace Tyson's knee Mm -hmm. but I I can do something to help him yeah and maybe maybe I can't do um cognitive behavioral therapy and uh like a psychiatrist or a psychologist but I can do something to help that person and maybe maybe I'm not as good as whatever for this old person, but I can do something to help basically every person that I see. And I think that was, that was actually what made me do family medicine. Um, and so whether, whether I'm good at it or not is a different story, but,
0: uh, but I
2: can do at least something to help everybody.
0: What, what I like about you is you're very personable. You really do listen and you have a conversation. And, uh, I know you do that with everyone because I've, I've, uh, i told people about, you No, I've referred people (laughs) to you and I'm like, you're going to love him. And then they come back and say, dude, he's like, he's legit. Like he listens. I've never had a doctor like that before. And, uh, and, uh, it's, it's special. So I'm grateful that you're here. Uh, we're hitting that hour mark. And so it's usually the time where everyone's like, here, gotta get to work. Um, (laughs) so if, if you were to say one, like give advice to, um, on anything, to, and, and you have everyone's ears right now, what would you say? Oh, Just on anything. On anything? On anything. Um,
2: That's a big question. Let's see.
0: That's a huge I, question.
2: Yeah. I would say, you know, there's so many things that we do that we do because we're supposed to, right? Uh, and we beat ourselves up over it if we don't. And, it, 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 and I see this with so many different conditions. I see it mostly with my weight loss clinic is, Hey, look, don't, don't do things just to lose weight. Don't think do things because you're supposed to don't, don't do stuff because other people think you should Uh, do things because you want to have more joy in your life. And, you know, let, you know, let's, let's say you, go on a diet and you're eating good food and you're trying to get good sleep and you're exercising. And let's say you don't lose a single pound. Did you fail? No, you're, you're, you're having joy and you're becoming healthier. And, and, uh, and so that, that should be more of our motivation than what we look like or what we other people, what other people think we are. Um, and, you know, and I'm speaking to myself when, when I say that too, but, uh, I think, I think, uh, I, I think we give other people too much power.
0: Ooh, you know? I like that. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah.
2: You know, people will say, I can't go to the gym because people are watching me.
0: 100%. No, they're not.
2: They're not watching you. They're, they're so self-conscious about themselves that they couldn't care less what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't go swimming because people, I don't want people to see me. Well, they're too self-conscious about themselves. Don't give them that power. You know, if you want to go swimming, go swimming. You know, if you want to go to the gym, go to the gym. If you want to do whatever, do it because you know, it's, it's your life. And uh, ultimately you're the one that cares the most about it. Right, that's, that's great. Advice. I love that.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I could, I can identify with all, all of that. Cause I mean, I even made a TikTok about like getting back into the gym after <laughs> like Eleven plus years, and being like everybody is <laughs> like everyone's looking at me. I am fat and I am sweaty, and I can't lift anything like I used to. But <clears throat> now I am, you know, I am feeling like I am progressing there, and and in other places too. And it's kind of like, man, I don't know why I was beating myself up over this. Like I enjoy going, I kind of look forward to it. I enjoy like the high of it. So I think I can I can apply that in a lot of different areas in my life of kind of like stop worrying about what these people think, do what makes you happy, do what makes you you know kind of progress and just
0: block out the haters <laughs> so much easier said and done though it, oh, is. it is yeah so especially when you're awesome.
1: involved in social media you
0: get a lot of haters <laughs> people just they're just naturally just rude what's funny is that stuff doesn't bother me it's the, it's the close it's me projecting my insecurities on other people so like I'll say something with people in my life like out in the social media world and stuff like that that doesn't bother me I'm like yeah I know. <laughs> His beard is amazing. It's better than mine. That doesn't hurt my feelings. But it's when uh, I am maybe seeing Dr. West. I have a lot of respect for him. And all of a sudden, I'll say something stupid. That night, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, "What the <laughs> freak did I say that? Uh, that sounds like drives me nuts. <laughs>
1: well one thing with you and i'm not beating you up here like i say this to you all the time like stop apologizing like you're not you're not <laughs> annoying me you're not bugging me like you're like i'm sorry i'm stupid i'm like no you're not stop <laughs> apologizing like, i'll tell you if i think you're stupid that's because i love you so i've never
0: said i'm stupid now that hurts my feelings no, no. <laughs> i'm sure you have <laughs> but well i thought it yeah <laughs> No,
1: I think that's some great advice because I think we're all just – we're all capable of like the self-deprecating thoughts of just I'm this or everyone's looking at this. And so, yeah, I think if you could take away anything from all the different topics that we talked about is like just focus on yourself and your health, your mental health, your physical health, and just the happiness. And one thing I've been focusing on a lot, and this is freaking Robert's fault, is gratitude, trying to find the things that I am grateful for when I really feel like punching something. So (laughs) – yeah, that's a that's a drug in and of itself too
0: and the one last thing with what you just said and reminded me of is is your spouse um your children um your work everyone there no one is in charge of your happiness you are yeah and uh so if you're happy and you're focusing on yourself and you're creating that happiness whether it be through spirituality through physical through emotional whatever it may be that you're working on when you're happy, you're going to project that, and it's going to help your family. It's going to help your spouse. It's going to be all that because you can be that foundation for them as well, and they can be that for themselves and for you as well. So, uh, because we're not always going to have a, a great day, um, <laughs> some days we'll like we'll go and we're like, dude, I'm like at thirty percent. Like I don't want to be here right now, yeah. and uh, that's going to happen. And hopefully, you know, your wife can be that seventy percent, and then one day you can be that seventy, and she can be the thirty. It's just it's just how it works, and so. You're happy and you continually support everyone and support yourself. That's just what I think.
1: Yeah, if you're happy and you know it, have sensitive nipples, right, Tyson? He's <laughs> <laughs> always got to. He's always got to end it on a stupid thought. Like I feel like if the episodes point is I'm actually laughing, touching my nipples as we speak because I'm like,
0: you are not sensitive. <laughs>
1: i'm like i'm like i'm like really wanting to, i told my wife i was like maybe i should go talk to my doctor about having low t i was like because of these and these reasons i'm like i could never tell tyson if i was on it because he'd be like payback time and just start <laughs> coming, coming after me but no thanks so much for hopping on here dr west we're definitely gonna have to have you on more for just some other stuff i don't know maybe he's like well, never again
0: this was no, this is great. too long,
1: too much, but
0: it's been an honor. Like I said, I have an appointment with you on the 30th because you're like two months out.
1: <laughs> it's like the reverse of the club. Like when you're younger, you can never get into the busy clubs versus when you're older. You're like, I can never get into the doctor. He's so popular.
0: I know. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Wait, Doctor West checks prostate." No, there was a story beforehand where I had I had a doctor check, and it was really embarrassing. That's, yeah, that's all we're going to leave it at that.
1: <laughs> and we're going to end the episode talking about Tyson's prostate. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for listening, guys. It means the world to us. If you have a chance, please give us a five-star review as well as write something a little purdy in there so that we know that you know that we know that you care. Anyway, have a great day, (laughs) guys. I can't do (laughs) it That was good. I I liked that. You can't redo it without laughing. That was good.